This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back to A Sharper Life. I am your host, Nikki Sharp, and I am thrilled to be with you today because today's episode, we are talking about failed relationships. And we've all been there. We've all gone through a breakup, or maybe it was a breakup with a friend or challenges with a coworker. And I really think that this is an important topic for everyone to listen to just because we all do some of these patterns, which then creates distress in our own life. And so I'm going to be going over patterns that create sabotage in relationships and basically helping you to explain why failed relationships happen and to also let you know that you are not a failure because it can feel like that when we go through a breakup. And so learning about these patterns for myself helped just helped me tremendously as I was able to identify where I was self-sabotaging and not showing up as my best self in relationships. And so as you are listening, consider these questions. What do you struggle with when it comes to the relationships in your life? Is it that you can't find a partner? Do you attract toxic people into your life? Have you lost the magic with your current partner? Is there a lack of trust or a lack of self-confidence in yourself, which then gets portrayed and projected to others? Do you have troubles with parents or siblings? So that's number one. What do you struggle with most with the relationships in your life? Number two, when it comes to relationships, I believe dot, dot, dot. And number three, I want you to think about a relationship at any age that lit your soul on fire. Who was it with and why was it so rewarding? And we will come back to these questions at the end. But I do start with these for you to answer and to think about because they are very telling as to what type of relationships you have, whether you blame others for challenging moments or whether you're able to take responsibility and clear up fights that might happen. And answering these questions also will help you to see what your beliefs are when it comes to love and what love means to you. So this content is actually from my relationship course, Getting the Love You Want. And it's where I take people through a multi-week live calls, workbooks. We do um, I do one-on-one coaching. And it's a beautiful community of people And through this, I wanted to take one of the aspects of this program and do it into a podcast just because it has had such a profound effect on those who have learned it. And so I hope that you will learn a lot and take away some new things from today's episode. So we are going to jump straight in. And these are the patterns that cause self-sabotage in your relationships. Which ones do you identify with? And I want you also just to think about this saying, people treat you the way you treat yourself. So you attract the type of relationships in your life based on the way that you treat yourself, meaning how you talk to yourself, the sort of things you do or do not do for yourself. So just think about that. People treat you the way you treat yourself. So These are the patterns that creates self-sabotage and causes relationships to fail. Number one is having expectations and judgment on how others should live their life and act. So this is 
having an expectation that someone needs to act a certain way based on your beliefs or what you think correct. So this might be, you know, you have expectations of your partner. And there's, I was talking about it actually in my group course earlier, that the movie, I think it's The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn and, and Jennifer goes, I want you to want to take out the trash, right? There's an expectation there. And so it's important to get clear on what are your expectations. And my partner and I actually did a really cool exercise where I wrote down all of the expectations I have of him as a partner. And then I wrote down, what are the expectations I have of myself as a partner to him? And he did the same. And then we sat down one day and using three different highlighters go, is this a want, a need, or a desire? And I was able to see that I actually put a lot of expectations on myself that on things that don't really bother him or the things that maybe are important, I was not prioritizing. So that's just a fun exercise you and a partner can do. But if you have expectations of someone and judgment on how someone else should act or live their life, this is going to cause a lot of problems in the relationship. So the second one is codependency. And this is where you focus on other people and fixing their lives or being a problem solver. So giving advice when it isn't asked for, or even to the point where it negatively affects your own life. And this is really putting others' needs first to gain approval, love, or validation. And it's what we would call the anxious attachment style. So codependency in this pattern, people have trouble setting boundaries or being assertive, and you become very, very sensitive to criticism and obsessively thinking about what others think about you. So you have these very high emotional highs and lows. So that's when we have codependent relationships with others. And that is a challenge, my friends, if you have that, because it means that you are not in a secure attachment style and you're not in a secure place with yourself. You need others to validate you for love. So of those two, do you do either one of them? Or could you identify that at a time in your life with a parent or a friend, you've had this? So number three is coming across as critical without realizing it. And this might be rolling your eyes or squinting or using a dismissive tone of voice, not listening actively, not smiling. And this also might just be someone who, you know, is like on their phone and not looking up. So it's just, it's not being present. And it can come across as you don't realize that you're doing this. And I actually have this growing up for much of my life where people would say, Nikki, you roll your eyes a lot. I'm like, no, I don't. And then I was like, do I? Could it be true? And I love that sentence. Could it be true? And then I was like, oh, I think I do. And so now I really make it a point to be very present, to look at people when they're talking, put my phone away, give eye contact, smile, because it makes the other person feel good, but it's also going to create more intimacy within your relationship. So the thing about this is when you come across as being critical without realizing it, you might not be meaning to do it, or it might be because you're insecure. And so you get on your phone or you're insecure, so you look down. But it's going to be a pattern that plays into a failed relationship if you consistently do this with people. So number four is you run your romantic life like you do work. And if you've listened to my previous episodes, we've talked about masculine and feminine energy. And this is especially when a woman is in her masculine energy and she's trying to control things and, you know, has tons of to-do lists. And 
one of the things that happens is a to-do list and checking things off is actually a form of not being present and it's projecting yourself into the future based on fear. Oh my God, if I don't get all these things done. But the, the problem is a lot of women that get into this pattern of being in their masculine energy also use this in relationships. And so it's sort of in the, you swipe right until the quote unquote perfect person comes along. But then there might be something that you don't like and it's next. So I call it the swipe right syndrome, meaning you're always looking for something different, someone better. And it has to do with being in that masculine energy and seeking control and perfection. And so the other thing that happens that I see with, especially with women, is that they have an expectation that the person that they just met or they're dating needs to plan everything and make all the moves and text first and constantly woo you. And the problem with this is that, yes, it is wonderful to be wooed and taken out and, you know, it, when it's the beginning and all of that. But when it's an expectation, that's going to also lead to challenges in a relationship. Because when we talk about expectations, expectations always lead to disappointment and resentment. So I have a saying, trade expectation for appreciation. So how do you get out of this? If you're running your romantic life like you do work, and I call it women you know, being the CEO of their dating life, well, you really just have to let go, get back into that feminine energy. And to just take a step back and realize that not everything's going to be perfect as it happens. And that's beautiful because perfection lives in the present moment in whatever is here. And a small little story, when I met my fiance, I did not expect us to be getting engaged and getting married. Honestly, I saw him and some of you, I mean, most of you know this story and I'll tell it in another episode, but we started chatting and he sent me photos on, on Instagram. And it was funny because I was like, yeah, I mean, he's he's a very handsome guy, of course. He lived in New York at the time. I was in Miami and I was like, oh. and it was during the pandemic right in the middle. And I was like, all right, well, this you know could be a, a fun fling. And I didn't put the expectation that I needed to meet someone and that I needed to get married. And so what ended up happening was I was just there in my playful energy and I appreciated things. And when he would pay for things or offer to, you know, pay for my plane ticket to come, I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. And so we were able to evolve and discover each other without expectation. It was tons of appreciation. And look where it led me. I'm getting married in like 40 some days or something crazy like that. So the next one here on the patterns that hold you back in relationship or cause failure in relationships is a lack of polarity. And this happens especially when, and we, again, we talked about the masculine feminine energy episode, but when women are trying to control things or they're trying to tell their parents or friends or kids what to do, they offer advice without being asked for it. But men can also do the same, right? Men can be overly aggressive or they cannot feel, make a woman feel secure or safe. And when people are not listening, and so let's just take the man and woman and kind of what I talked about in the masculine feminine episode is that when a man doesn't understand what a woman wants and just does what he thinks, or when a woman is being the CEO in her dating life and running the show and trying to have control, there's going to become a lack of polarity. And as we talked about the battery, there's always a positive and a negative. Eventually, if there's two positives or two masculine in the bedroom, it is going to implode because 
no one's going to feel seen and heard and safe. And and the woman starts to criticize and the man will shut down and the woman will get closed off. And then if a woman's closed, the man feels he's not, she's not being playful, right? So a lack of polarity is a one of outside of money. It's one of the biggest fights that comes because men feel criticized, women feel unseen. And so it's really just recognizing that this is a pattern that if you are in your masculine energy or you're in your wounded feminine energy as a female or vice versa for a man, this will eventually lead to challenges in the relationship. And at the end of the day, we all want love. We all want to be loved because it feels good. It feels good to have best friends. It feels good to have connection you know, in deep relationships with your parents and be able to tell them things. And it feels wonderful to have true love, but it also takes acknowledgement on moments that you might not be showing up as your best self, aka these patterns. So another pattern is expecting others to make you happy, fulfill you, i.e. just that you are not happy until they do something. And the challenge with this is that we pretty much all do it, but it really starts to become this thing that, oh, I will be happy when, right? It's the I will be happy when syndrome. I'll be happy when I lose the weight. I'll be happy when the guy proposes, or I'll be happy when she does something. I'll be happy when he wants to want to take out the trash. I want you to want to take out the trash, right? And so this, once again, leads to a ton of expectations because You're never truly satisfied and fulfilled in yourself. And then you put your happiness onto others and others don't know how to mind read. And if you don't have deep, open communication, well, baby, it's going to be hard for you because we want to take a step back and realize that it's you. It starts with you and it ends with you to make yourself happy. Not others, not material things, not experiences. It is a deep, spiritual, soulful journey, which is what we talk about on this podcast each week. And this comes from taking care of yourself, you know, emotionally, spiritually, physically, eating the right foods, exercising, doing journaling or breath work, or listening to podcasts like this, taking full ownership, radical ownership of your life. And when you start to make yourself happy, other people you'll find bring more happiness to you, but they don't take it away because your happiness doesn't depend on someone else. So another example of just from my own life on this is when I think about, you know, having met my partner and even now where we are, we have a very kind of 50-50 relationship, meaning I don't expect him to pay for our rent. I don't expect him to buy things for me. I buy things for myself because I fill my own love tank first. So you've probably heard of the five love languages. And I really make it a point to buy myself flowers. Or if I want to fly business, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to buy my business class ticket. I don't expect him to buy me flowers. I don't expect him to pay for my things. So when he does, I show up with tremendous appreciation because I feel so fulfilled and seen first from myself and then from from others. And I actually have a I have two tattoos. I have a tattoo on my ring finger. And I got this tattoo in Bali when I was going through this uh, six-year on and off relationship and I was just in a moment heartbreak, was not feeling good. And when I had done my yoga teacher training in Bali years before, I used to draw the lotus flower on my foot every day as we were learning. And I knew I wanted to get a tattoo, but it needed to have meaning. 
So then one day I'm in Bali and on my last day there, I find this amazing place and I saw the word trust on Pinterest and I put it on my ring finger because it said for myself, I was like, I need to trust that everything is happening exactly as it's meant to. And that if I'm meant to be with this person, that will happen. And if I'm not meant to be with that person, I will understand and know when it's done. And I need to trust that if it's not him, the right person's going to come. And I need to trust myself and I need to trust a higher power that everything is happening as it's meant. And so it's really beautiful and very meaningful now that I have this on my ring finger because I get to marry someone that I love because I learned to trust myself first, right? And that's why we're talking about these patterns so that you can figure out what which ones you do, where you need to take control. And then the other thing for me is I have a heart on my wrist. And the heart, I got it facing outwards. It's still on my body. And the resemblance, or I guess the meaning for this is I must do all things with love for myself and fill my own tank, my own love tank, because if not, I cannot give from an empty place. So it's do all things with love, fill up my own love tank, and then help others feel love. Do things in a loving way, say things and actions in a loving way. And if I don't always, I'll take ownership very, very quickly about it. And so those are just two tattoos that have a lot of meaning for me based on what I've learned about these patterns and relationships and taking ownership for my life and having these kind of mementos that they're they're just my guiding light. And so really making sure you feel your own happiness first and foremost. Then the next pattern here is not setting boundaries, which then turns into resentment. And I like to say boundaries, people have such a hard time with boundaries. I think boundaries are sexy. So think about it this way. My house, right? My house is, it's, it's not really, but let's just think of a normal house. It's, it's four walls, right? It's a square or a rectangle or whatnot. And you have four walls and then you have a door. So if I keep my door open all the time, strangers can walk in. That's why I have a door to close it. Now, the same goes with setting boundaries. If you're unable to set boundaries, people will take advantage of you. You're allowing them to take advantage of you. It's meaning you have your door open all the time. And so you're going to get exhausted of people coming in and out all the time with no control of your own life. The challenge in relationships is that we give, 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 or we become a partner pleaser or a people pleaser, or we become codependent and we seek love from others and others, you know, to fill our happiness. And we don't know how to set boundaries. So for example, you know, I have, I have a client and she said her friends came into town and her parents for a, a party or a, something. I can't remember. But anyways, her parents, it was exhausting for her to drive them back to the airport Monday morning after, you know, hosting them and friends and everything all weekend. But she felt so guilty about putting them in a taxi that she said, okay, I'll take you. Even though it took two hours out of her day on a Monday when she was really busy, needed to catch up with work and it burnt her out. And she got frustrated and upset. And then she beat herself up saying, why did I do that? So the boundary we talked about, and I work with clients a lot on this, is can you set a boundary that says, I would love to take you to the airport. I just cannot commit to it right now. And for me, like if I have a friend flying into town and I really can't pick them up, I say, hey, I'll offer to, you know, to pay your taxi or we can split it, but I really can't pick you up right now. I'm sorry. Is that okay? Right. I'm setting my boundary, but a boundary might be something like, I'm not okay to talk about this yet, or I will come back to you when I'm ready to talk about this. 
So if you don't set boundaries in relationships, it does turn into resentment and then there's expectations. So really learning how to put yourself first. And if you need to leave a situation, you do. Or if there's a fight, like if me and my partner are having a really bad crunchy moment that's turned into a fight, I will call a timeout. I liter- and I literally put my hands together like a T and I say, timeout. I think we're not in a very good place right now. And I don't want to say something that I, I don't want to. So I'm going to call a timeout and go to another room. And there's no question, no talk after that. It is just a full break so that we can come back with more clarity, with more love, and just more peace of mind, right? So setting boundaries. If you don't, that's a pattern that will make your relationships not do so well. So the next one is not making the other person feel like a top priority. And this happens a lot. And I see it with clients with when they have a partner and the partner goes out with their friends or goes out with family. And like I have one client who she was dating this guy and she was madly in love with him. And they did have a pretty good relationship, but she got really jealous when he was with his friends. And it it brought so much anxiety out in her that she started to self-sabotage the relationship by getting, you know, jealous and aggressive or or texting and getting frustrated and then playing hard to get because of all of these things of the jealousy. And so when you don't make the other person feel like a top priority and you're making others, well, you got to take a look at your own life and say, am I prioritizing my friends over my relationship, for example, or am I prioritizing work over my current partnership? This happens a lot too, is a lot of women and men as well will feel really bad thinking that their partner is going to work so much and never comes home. So then where are you prioritizing? And then the other side, the flip side of this is smothering someone. And that's also a pattern that's bad because once again, it's kind of becoming that codependent, needing that person, wanting to give them everything. There needs to be a healthy balance where you know how to set boundaries and you prioritize the other person, but you also know how to prioritize yourself first because otherwise it becomes unequal and it's not going to be a very healthy relationship and it won't last very long. So another one is if you are over-investing in someone who is not or has not committed. So let's say you're single, you're dating, and you're going through the whole, God, and I see so many memes about it. Like, if he didn't text you back, it means this. I always just say, come back to the truth. Ask people, be be open, be vulnerable. And you know, if you if you're like texting someone and they're not coming back to you, it could be one, they just really truly are very busy. And like my partner and I in the beginning, when we met, we texted for three weeks and we both set the boundary and where he would say, during the day, I'm really busy. I probably won't get back to you, just so you know. And I was like, Great. Doesn't bother me. I work too. And I don't need like I'd rather you come back with a a more deep, you know, thought out response to my question. Cause we like asked each other really deep, beautiful questions in the beginning. And setting that boundary really helped us both to see that the other one was actually committed. But there were times that he did get really busy. And then I would just check in and say, Hey, are you still here? Do you still want to continue talking? Or has something fizzled out? And the other thing that happens too is that people will ghost other people because they just are afraid of being vulnerable or committing or saying something. And at the same time, a lot of times women will overcommit themselves to someone who just is not committing. And my client who I told you about with the partner who was always out with with his friends. So 
with that, he was giving very clear signals that he was not totally officially committed. In nine months, he didn't say, I love you. And that was really frustrating for her. And for me, that's just a non-negotiable because I like open communication. I want to know how you feel. But everyone needs to have their own kind of parameters and boundaries. And really just to make sure that if someone is giving you clear signs and not texting you back or like only calling you to go out, you know, at 9 p.m. on a Friday randomly and not making plans, well, you just have to be present. So you're overcommitting to something that isn't really there. And then the last one is that you haven't actually let go of your ex. And it might not be just romantic. This could be friendship. This could be business. And then what happens is when we enter a new relationship, we compare the new person to the old person. So in a friendship, you compare how the you know your new friend is showing up. Oh, well, she doesn't do this. She doesn't call me, da-da-da-da-da. Or it could be that you're in a new relationship and you're like, well, he doesn't take me out like the other one did. And that is going to be a pattern that is tremendously going to put a lot of pressure on you on this new relationship. And eventually it will explode. So what I would like you to do with all of these, because I was, you know, a lot of different information there, but I'd like you just to write down anything that you learned from these different patterns. Is there anything that I said that you can relate to or have you done any of these in the past? Are you doing any of these currently? And the bigger question then becomes, how do you actually heal these? Well, it starts with awareness. That's why we're just talking about it in the first place. And then the second thing is, once you're aware of like, oh, you know what? I run my dating life like a CEO. Oh, that's not good. It's taking radical responsibility for your own life. Everyone does things that we're not proud of, right? I have done so many things in my life that I've learned and grown from. And so I don't actually have any regrets, but I take radical ownership. If I say something mean, I will apologize immediately because I'm not meaning to hurt people right? I'm trying to do all things with love. So it's taking radical ownership for where you are and what you do. And you've probably heard this saying before, but insanity is doing the same thing over and over, but expecting a different result. And so if you're not happy with the relationships in your life right now, or if you're constantly single, or you feel like you attract toxic people into your dating life, friends, or work, then I want you to think about what are the patterns or the things that you keep doing over and over again, and each time you're expecting a different result. And so let's say, you know, for example, you do one of the, you have expectations and judgments on how your partner should, should live their life. Well, if you have that in every single relationship and each relationship fails, then at some point you have to come back to yourself and say, where do I have these? Why do I have these? So it's awareness and taking responsibility and catching yourself in the moment just to make small changes. And that's why I really encourage taking notes when I do these podcasts and really just thinking about what is it that you learned? What is it that you want to change? And coming back to the questions that I asked you in the beginning. So the three questions were, what do you struggle with the most within the relationships in your life? And now we've just gone through these patterns. Which patterns do you do? So when you think about a relationship that you're struggling with, what patterns are present, right? So number two, fill in the blank. When it comes to relationships, I believe. And I ask this question often to clients and you know, I get all sorts of answers of like, I believe in love, but I seem to keep failing at it. 
So I want you just once again to have awareness around what is it that you think about relationships? What is it that you believe? And do you feel like it is other people? Like I'd like you to think about your last failed relationship. Was it your fault or their fault that it failed, that you guys broke up? Because what happens is we all like to place blame on other people. It's so much easier. But when you take responsibility for your own life, you're able to say, actually, you know what? I, I was acting in my masculine or I was not acting in a totally healthy way. I was codependent. Radical responsibility will lead to fulfillment and happiness and love and forgiveness of self and love of self. And that's really what we're after. And then number three is describe a relationship at any age that lit your soul on fire. Who was it with and why was it so rewarding? I want you to think about that question after listening to this episode because we talk about these different patterns. And if you had a, like my current relationship lights my soul and my heart on fire every single day. But the times that we fight, it's because we go into these sort of patterns where I might become like a little codependent or needing him to say things to make me happy. And then I have to check myself and be like, oh, right, Nikki, you're doing that. And then take ownership, apologize if necessary, but make a change. That's really what everything is about here. There's no such thing as being a bad person if you're willing to take ownership, responsibility, learn from it and grow from it. So with that, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I personally love the topic of relationships because they have such a profound effect on our life. And when you're happy in your life and happy with the relationships, you naturally have a better body. You don't even have to think about it because you do things out of joy. You're more excited about life. And when you're more excited, the law of attraction and manifestation starts to happen that you attract more amazing things. And so it's really important to heal the relationships with those in your life, with yourself, and to really figure out where you can make small improvements without judgment, only love. And so I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have not subscribed, please do so every week. I'm back with you and talking about everything from spirituality to relationships, to health, to travel tips, to just about anything else, having full body orgasms. And if there's anything that you would like to learn more about, or you have a podcast that you're burning for me to interview someone, just DM me on Instagram over at Nikki Sharp. And I will see you next week. And until then, here's to a sharper life. <laughs>